Welcome back to Hat Trick Locks Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your three hosts, the three Garretts. <laughs> this, this weekend was a fun weekend of games, and the highlight, of course, was Glovegate. Check your hands, everyone. Make sure your cuffs are the same as your rings. Make sure your knuckles are the same because, God forbid, there be a gray and a white differentiation. It's it's an unfortunate circumstance because because, um, I I had a conversation with this, about this with my dad the other day, and we he, we both watch. If you guys watched the Notre Dame Duke game, you saw one of the Kavanaugh's lift up his hand, and he had a and little was cut open. Yeah, little hole in the palm. And now that Tillman uh, has you know started this whole thing, you're gonna have refs like checking people's gloves and like their palms. Now it's gonna be, it, it's not great. It's not great. Not a, it's a rule, but it's it it it's just stupid. It's dumb. Was the rule that it got called out for Ohio State. Was it the the Fogo glove? Yeah, like that rule, right? Not yeah. the palm rule. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um and yeah, it was, and that just caused a whole bunch of crap. Like on Twitter, on Instagram, people were all over it. Inside the cross was all over it. Hey, the the memes on Instagram and Twitter and every social media are pretty awesome about it, though. Gives me a good laugh. Yeah, Yeah. you saw that uh, like closed fist meme of like um, with the (laughs) glove. That was funny. Um, (laughs) But a lot of other exciting games, too. Um, You know, as we said, Notre Dame took down Duke and the carousel for number one still going on. Um, Denver upset Villanova, took that big east. Um, Dryman, I know you're not too happy about that. Yeah, I had a bad week. We'll get to that very soon. It was pretty poor for me. It's look, I mean, I think the reality is the Ivy League is going to get one, maybe two. The Big Ten could get four. And the Big East, they're all of a sudden looking pretty good. I mean, the ACC, we know there are locks for three. So, you know, we're at the time where there's two, maybe three regular season, regular season games left. You know, last week it was do or die, but it is it is. You really have to win now, and all eyes have to be to just making the conference tournament. So whatever teams have to do to get to their four, five, or six seeds, they just got to do it and take care of business. Yeah, agreed. All right, we have. We also a, had some. Uh, oh, sorry. It, go for it. I was just going to say we had some division wait. three. We had some division three drama as well. Uh, CNU took down Salisbury, big time. Uh, I thought Salisbury won that game. Did I type in the score wrong? So yeah, I said Salisbury took down CNU, or did I say CNU took down? You Salisbury? said CNU, okay, okay. Oh yeah, I meant to flip that. Yeah, Salisbury took down CNU. Um, Swarthmore also beat your bullets. I don't, I don't remember your... ever seeing that at all. I don't think the Garnet ever beat Gettysburg ever. So. <laughs> just kind of a just like Loyola just kind of never lost. Radar. Loyola never lost to Navy. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It never it happened. Rough week for your school squazer. Never happened. And uh, Tufts is looking human now they almost they won their like third straight very close game um only beat connecticut college by one yeah yeah that's a shocker 
Yeah. They almost lost to Williams too and somebody else. Um, but yeah, division three teams, even at the top, you're, you're not safe. All right. Well, now we're going to get into our top 20 and we have fewer receiving votes than we did last week because things are maybe starting to crystallize a little bit more. We have four receiving votes category. They are Harvard, Penn, Loyola. Yes, they have fallen out of the top 20. Dreadful day. And St. Joe's comes back into contention as a receiving vote. Moving into the actual top 20, we have Delaware at 20, Utah at 19, Bryant is at 18 this week, Brown is at 17, and Princeton is at 16. And for our 15th spot, we got Michigan hanging around. Um, Syracuse is moving up after that big win against Princeton. Villanova um, at that 13th spot, UNC at 12 and Denver slowly moving up as well. They took down the Lenovo. They got the 11th spot. Yeah. And similarly, Georgetown has just consistently moved up one or two spots every week. They're now at number 10. Rutgers is at nine. Army at eight. Cornell after the loss to Harvard is at seven. And Hopkins uh, is holding on at six after losing to Penn State in a thrilling double overtime game. Heartbreaker that game. Moving into our top five, it's pretty much the same teams, just shuffled around as it is every single week, it seems like. Maryland's at number five. We've got Penn State at number four this week. Virginia is our number three team. Duke is number two. And Notre Dame, after their win against Duke, is our new number one for this week. No one's safe at number one, man. It's it, it's just going to be continue to be shuffled by probably those top three ACC teams right now. Um, but moving on, uh, dog of the week, we have another multi-winner, I guess you could say. And this week, I'm giving it to the Harvard short stick D middies held all Cornell midfielders to just one goal on Saturday. Um, Cornell, they are they're very heavy on the attack, but their midfield. Uh, can find spots open on the field a lot um, because there's so much attention on the attack and CJ cursed. Um, so they really stepped up and they got some love from the announcers at the start of the game. Uh, they obviously had a slow start uh, going down three to nothing, but they persevered and came back and took down the the big red. So huge prop to the props to those guys. They picked up a lot of ground balls, um, played some solid defense. Um, I w- rewatched that game this morning. And I was just like, it's hard not to pick Harvard this week. Um, so a little, uh, little foreshadowing there for what's to come. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Burns' team made the tournament last year. They're a formidable team. You know, a performance like this was kind of due for them. So a great win, but certainly one that we did not see coming. Um, no. In terms of how we fared this past week, I think we've said it a couple times, but as midweek games occur, some of us do change our picks here and there. Case in point, Dryband made a last-second switch to Hopkins from Penn State. It did not go in his favor, so he actually did the worst of us this week. He went 28-11. and 11. Voigt did two better at 30-9, and nine, and I did just one better at 31-8, and eight which means overall Voight is at 273 and 115. Drabian is at 282 and 106. And that's right. I have surpassed him at 283 and 105. 
so aggravating. Hey, it's a game of runs. It's a game of runs. Can change every week. Oh, I have the first game this week. That's a shift from usual. We have a Tuesday game. Marquette on the road at Cornell. I think undoubtedly the last out-of-conference game for these teams. Um, Maybe one of the few out-of-conference games left in Division I period. A great kind of way to finish the year through the last couple weeks. I'm going to take Cornell, though. I think Cornell needs a win badly after losing to Harvard. And Marquette on the road is probably not the same team that can beat Penn State. So I think it's a pretty comfortable Big Red win. Yeah, tough loss for the Big Red against Harvard. Um, but they're still first in Ivy League. So I don't think, uh, you know, they should be too concerned about these guys, about Marquette this week. I think they take them down easily. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great game. I definitely have Cornell in this one. But just as a quick side note, Marquette beat Michigan and Penn State both on the road. So don't count the Golden Eagles out. That'd be a wild upset. But I am definitely sticking with the big red for my pick. Good stuff. Next up, we move into a very heavy slate for Wednesday games. Um, first up, we have Detroit Mercy taking on Jacksonville. Um, yeah, both teams, they're just on opposite sides of the spectrum in the ace on Jacksonville. I got them here. They're taking down the underwhelming Detroit team. Detroit Mercy came up big for me this past week, beating Lindenwood. That was the game that pushed me over the edge in the head-to-head matchups. But I'm going to take Jacksonville here. I don't think the Titans have a shot down in Florida. Yeah, I think Jacksonville kind of knows that it is every single game is make or break for them now since they lost to Utah. I I have them at home against Detroit Mercy. Next up, we have the A-Sun Mac midweek slate continuing with Marist on the road to Siena, a pretty high level Mac game um, between two teams that are traditionally near the top of the Mac standings. Marist has actually won the last six straight against the Saints. But I do like Siena to get this one at home. Four of those last six games were within three goals. And of course, a midweek matchup. We know this is going to be close. We know the home team has an advantage. So I'm going to go with Siena here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Siena as well. Uh, Just watching that Marist game against Mount St. Mary's this weekend, it looked like the the Marist guys were running in sand. Um, I didn't really like how they looked. Um, they only scored one goal in the first half, too. Um, I also liked how Siena, you know, jumped out to an early lead against Quinnipiac. Um, and, yeah, they they haven't lost at home yet this season. Um, I don't think Maris can take them down. I got the Saints here. Yeah, the fact that Siena is 4-0 at home this season, period, that's not just for conference play, is the reason I'm taking them in this game. All right, next up in the MAC, we have a Connecticut showdown between national championship hockey team Quinnipiac Bobcats defeating Minnesota in the Frozen Four. This is their lacrosse team, of course, taking on Sacred Heart on the road. And interestingly enough, guys, Sacred Heart, we know, went 0 and 7, 0 and 8. Their three wins, they're now 3 and 7, 3 and 8, are all in the MAC, and they're a perfect 3 and 3 in the conference. 
so is Quinnipiac. So this is a huge, huge conference game to determine maybe playoff seedings and otherwise. That being said, I am going to take Quinnipiac on the road. I think they're a little bit more tested. I think they're a little bit more weathered and just frankly better. But I think this could be a good game as Sacred Heart has definitively gotten better as the season has progressed. But yeah, going to take the Bobcats. I It's really enticing to take Quinnipiac in this matchup. Um, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Sacred Heart. I really like this team at home. They still have only played three home games this year before this matchup. And they're 2-1, and one, and their one loss was to a very solid Drexel team, 11-12. I know I've said it before, but I think this Sacred Heart team is a different beast at home. And Quinnipiac is just shaky to me. They they have been – they've rattled my faith ever since they beat Brown, and then they just couldn't follow through against Bryant. So I'm going to stick with the home team. That's my default for Mac games. I'm going with Sacred Heart. Yeah, I feel the same way about Sacred Heart. They've won three of their last four after dropping the, the first seven um, of the season. Um, and they've both played very close Mac games this year. Um, I don't, I just don't know if, you know, Sacred Heart has the capability to halt a Quinnipiac run like the one they had against Siena this past weekend. So I'm going to go with Quinnipiac for now. I could change my mind tomorrow. But right now, I'm going to stick with the Bobcats. Um, I just don't know if Sacred Heart can um, can halt a run like that. Cool. Next up, we've got VMI traveling over to Wagner and some more action on this Tuesday. I'm going to take the traveling key debts in this game. Wagner has been uh, woeful this season. Um, They've they been Wagner. Conference win against Quinnipiac, and it's just been downhill. They're on another four-game losing streak, which is their longest losing streak of the season right now. And that is combined home and away games. So I don't see them snapping this against VMI. I'm going to take the Cadets in this game. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Cadets. Um, they, we, we all know VMI does not play that great on the road, but Wagner might not be a bad pick. <laughs> VMI beat Wagner for the first time in their last seven tries in 2019. So Wagner beat VMI seven straight years before dropping one. Now, that was a couple of years ago. I think this is a better VMI team. I've honestly been high on them all year, so I'm going to take VMI. But Wagner does have a history of owning this matchup. Yeah, I felt the same way. They But, again, the series... Um, hasn't been played in a few years, um, different teams. I think VMI, they just have more guys, more talented guys. So I think they take this matchup here. Next up, we have LIU on the road to Manhattan in another kind of heavyweight um, near the top MAC matchup. I think we've all agreed that Manhattan has remained the class of the MAC and is probably remains the favorite to win the conference. I like them at home here. This is obviously a short drive for LIU just across Long, Long Island to the big city. But yeah, I like the Jaspers here. I would probably take the Jaspers on the road too. But credit to LIU. They've been getting better all year. Um, but I just don't think they're good enough to take down a very good Manhattan squad. Yeah, I'm. this is the most perplexing MAC matchup on Wednesday. Um, first time these teams are meeting. It's a battle between first and third in the MAC. Um, 
and when I look at these teams, it's two very polar opposite teams. Manhattan, good defense, but their offense doesn't produce a ton. LIU, productive offense, but their defense can give up a ton of goals. Um, I'm I'm not honestly not liking how the Jaspers are looking in the last few games. So I'm going to go with the Sharks here. I think Manhattan is due for a MAC loss, and I think the MAC standings get shaken up a little bit this week. That's a bold damn pick, Floyd. I I hate not taking Manhattan in the MAC just because they look great in every game. Uh, yes, their loss against Marist at home is wild. I can't believe they did that, and they also did not look good against VMI. So I respect the pick completely but I'm still going to have to go with Manhattan. I, I think they have the best goalie in the conference and Joseph Persico. Um, he's outstanding, 58% save percentage on the year. He's been a little bit rocky the last couple of games, but I think he's going to fine tune that and get it good against LIU in this home game. So I've got the Jaspers at home. Next up, we have Canisius down on the road to our favorite place, Emmitsburg, out in the country of Maryland. And look, Look at Mount St. Mary's. They continue to impress week after week. Drybin, did you take Mount with me or was that Voight this past weekend? I took Mount. Yeah, so right, like a huge win on the road against a Marist team that just beat Manhattan. Great stuff from the Mount. I'm increasingly high on them to win the MAC or at least challenge Manhattan. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely going to take them here. And I think they just keep chugging along. Yeah, I I don't know where this came from or where this was for their first seven games of the season, but Mount is on a five-game win streak right now to get back to 500. It is incredible what they're doing in conference, and their only loss in conference is to Manhattan in a game where that was before their offense really started clicking, and their offense has not scored less than 10 goals in a game since that loss to Manhattan. Granted, they scored three in that game, but... This Mount team looks crisp. They look good. And I honestly don't know if I would pick a single Mac team over them right now. So yeah. I'm definitely taking them at home against Canisius. Yeah, that was an impressive win for them over Marist. And it puts them at a tie for first place in the Mac. Um, I think they're they're sniffing around. They can they can sense that, you know, they they have a chance here to get to the tournament. And I think they just take down a a bad Canisius team here and just keep on rolling. We have an interesting A-Sun matchup here. Bobby Moe taking on Bellarmine. Um, in this matchup, Bobby Moe has won the last five games, four straight, fourth straight time. These two have actually played at Robert Morris. Um, so it's been a while since uh, the Colonials have visited Kentucky. Um, Bellarmine surprisingly went over Air Force 11 to 10, and this will be the first game and a three-game road trip for them. Um, Bobby Moe, bad end of a shooting factory from Utah. Um, I'm going to take Bellarmine here. I I think they I think Bobby Moe is just a little underwhelming this year. They haven't really been able to put together a complete game. Um, the Detroit loss really hurts for me. Really hurts them for me. And uh, they really need to beat Bellarmine to, you know, avoid a win and end situation against Air Force at the end of the season. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with the Knights here. Um, Coach is really happy with how, you know, the role players have played lately. That's huge if you're a team like Bellarmine. So I think they keep on rolling here. Uh, yeah, Boyd 
said basically everything. Bellarmine's eight and three now, and their three losses are to Duke, Utah, who looks clear cut like the best team in this conference. Sorry, Jacksonville, but not sorry. And in that game against Mercer, that was kind of an anomaly, but they bounced back in that home win against Air Force. I'm a believer in this Knights team, so I think they're going to keep it rolling on the road against Bobby Mill. Yeah, Bobby Mo's tempting for me because Bellerman's on the road and Bobby Mo has beaten Bellerman the past five times. But yeah, Bellerman's win over Air Force was really impressive and I think it showed class. And furthermore, what concerns me about Bobby Mo is the week before at home against Utah, they gave up 26 goals. That's insane. To Utah, you're not playing Virginia, to Utah. So yeah. So much. yeah, and so for that reason, I, I'm just going to go with Bellarmine. Like I said, Air Force win, fantastic. Bellarmine continues to impress me all year. So, yeah, I think Bellarmine writes the ship after their five-game losing streak against this team, and they get another one. All right, good stuff. Next up, we have another A-Sun matchup. Lindenwood is taking on the 20-piece Utah Utes. Um, who are sitting at 19th in our rankings right now. I think this is a pretty easy one. I got Utah here. I think they put up another 20-piece on the Lions. Yeah, I'm glad you guys ranked Utah. I did not a top 20. They're kind of in my personal receiving votes category, but I think they definitely deserve some recognition. And yeah, they're going to continue to put this um, this A-Sun season in cruise control to the playoffs and take care of Lindenwood no problem. Yeah, Lindenwood's defense looked terrible against Detroit Mercy, and Utah's offense looked amazing against Robert Morris. Utah's winning at home in this game. All right, for our last game for the Wednesday slate, we have Cleveland State taking on Queens, and the first time these two these two teams are going to be playing each other. Um, Cleveland State, they're really impressing me the last few weeks. That win against Mercer was huge. I'm sad I didn't flip back to them. I was thinking about it early Saturday morning, and I didn't pull the trigger on it. Um, but I got them here, and I think I think they're going to surprise us in a few weeks um, in, the, in the last two games of the season and the ASON tournament. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm taking Cleveland State, and I agree with Voight. Cleveland State does look good. But on the flip side of things, Queens, just this is an acclimation year to D1 for them. I don't think they're going to get another win. It's a good thing they got two, but they're not getting a third. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland State played a very close game against Air Force and then took down a Mercer team that had just been ascending in the A zone. So, yeah, Boyd, I'm with you. I think Cleveland State really poses a, a potential threat in a couple weeks, assuming they make this tournament. And um, much like much like Lindenwood, Queens is, like Dryman said, just not quite there. But I hope they will be in a couple of years. So give me the Vikings here. Moving on to our, I think this is our very first Thursday game of the entire year so far. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it yeah. Um, our one and only Thursday game of the year. We've got our newly crowned number 11 Denver Pioneers traveling to Maryland to face off against Towson Tigers. Uh, I'm taking Denver. Towson, even though they beat Hofstra, they're still underperforming this season. And Denver looked, I mean, they looked great against Villanova. There's no other way to put it. So I'm taking the Pioneers on the road. 
Yeah, I'm taking Denver as well. That win over Villanova is very impressive. Um, and I think they're just going to keep rolling uh, in the Big East. Towson, they just don't impress me. I've I've stated that to I think I stated that to you guys last week when I took Hofstra, um, and I'm not really upset that they lost that game. Um, but Towson, I, I don't know. They're, I just don't think they can win the three of their next four games. Um, so I'm concerned about the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, what did I say? Do not bet against the Pioneers on build here any day. Dryban, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy you did, but what a stupid, stupid pick. I know. But yeah, Denver has no problem with Towson here. I don't care if it's defined across the country. I think what they're doing is Denver realizes they play St. John's this weekend, and they're like, yeah, let's just play another game on Thursday because St. John's isn't a real game. So yeah, Denver. <laughs> Moving on to our only Friday game this week, we have America's team. Merrimack Warriors travel into UMass Lowell, and this is pretty straightforward to me. Merrimack should win this game. UMass Lowell looks real bad this year. The Riverhawks uh, have not really been showcased by us, and we're going to hope to do that before the season's over. But yes, this is not a good look for them. A inter-Massachusetts uh, matchup here, but yeah, Merrimack, America's team is going to beat America's maybe worst team. Yeah, I got Merrimack as well. And I learned this weekend that even if they win the American East, they're still not eligible for the NCAA tournament, which is upsetting because if they upset everybody in the American East and made that tournament, like the numbers that the tournament would do in in the Northeast region, outstanding. But yeah, I think the Warriors take it here. All right, we have arrived to our massive Saturday slate and we begin with a scintillating matchup between Canisius and Wagner, uh, a kind of bottom of the barrel Mac matchup where it kind of is a toss up, but I've been impressed by Canisius's offense enough to take them here, even though Wagner's at home. And I think this is a scrappy game that the Griffins kind of eke out of and drive back home with a win. Yeah, I I agree. Like I said before already, Wagner just, again, this season, not looking great to me. And Canisius has shown sparks of life, like we've mentioned in the previous week. So I'm going to take the Golden Griffins on the road. Yeah, I'm going to take Canisius here. Um, They're 10-0 against Wagner in the all-time series. They're playing a home game. Um, I don't see them losing here. All right, next up. Got a little CAA action. We've got Hofstra traveling to Drexel. Drexel coming off that overtime thriller comeback against Stony Brook to score the last two goals to win that game. Drexel's looking pretty good, and it looks like they can contend in that CAA. I have them winning this game at home. Yeah, um, I, I was. I'm upset that Hofstra lost that game on to Towson. Um, but Drexel is very impressive. That Stony Brook game was that that the that Stony Brook game was pretty sweet to watch. Um, and that's their fifth straight win. I think they make it six here against Hofstra. Yeah, Drexel's got their eyes set on something way bigger than Hofstra. Um, I think that they take care of it and I think it's a pretty comfortable win for the Dragons. 
and they move on to their CAA play. Next up, we have another, uh, the second ace Sun game for both these teams. Robert Morris has taken on Queens. Um, we said before, Bobby Moe's been struggling, so is Queens. Um, but I think Bobby Moe, they're just the more talented team here. And I think they get back on track a little bit here. Yep, a more a kind of like consolation win for the Colonials because I don't think they're going to make the ASUN tournament. I just don't know how many teams do make it, but I don't think they're there. And it's a shame because those six teams, so maybe they'll make it. Six um, teams. Yeah. And they're, correct me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, boy, but they are the reigning ASUN champions. So it is, they it's, are. it's just a tough turnaround for them. So yeah, a consolation win against Queens, but maybe they make the tournament, maybe they make some noise. Yeah, I'll round it out. I am also taking Bobby Moe on the road. Yeah, um, right now, Bobby Moe is actually sitting at eight, right behind it's Detroit tough. Mercy in the standings. That's, so they need a lot to happen. That's tough. They need Cleveland State to probably lose out. Um, but moving on, we have a top 10 matchup on Saturday. Number seven, Cornell, taking on the Army Black Knights. Um, both played. Very close games this weekend. Um, uh, we've stated in before earlier, uh, Cornell had that close game against Harvard, um, lost 10 to 8. Army barely escaped Colgate 10, uh, 10 to 9 on Saturday, which kind of I thought went under the radar a little bit. Um, it's a fantastic test for Army and will certainly help us gauge where they could be in the tournament standings, in the NCAA tournament standings. Um, because they've since uh, who was the first game of the season? UMass, they lost to. Yes, it was like ten to yeah. eight or something. Ten to eight, yeah. Yeah, so I think Army is due here. Um, I think the Big Red, you know, they bounce back again um, against Marquette and against uh, Army this week. Um, the Harvard loss just feels like a blip on the radar for them. Um, but honestly couldn't have come at a better time for the Big Red because I think they were due a loss at that point. Um, but I think they avenged last year's loss against Army um, where they fell 17 to 11 um, and they hand Army their second loss of the season. Yeah, Cornell losing to Harvard was a shocker to me. I, not much, if you look at the stats, it's kind of crazy that it happened. Cornell dominated faceoffs that game, and Erlen played well. I mean, he had a 58% save percentage. Uh, yeah. But I will say Harvard's goalie, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Bernard, he popped off with 16 saves on the day. So he was like a brick wall against them. I don't know if Army's going to do that. And the last thing I want to point out, too, is that I know there's – like we said at the beginning of this game, or at the beginning of this podcast, there's a lot of make or break games this week coming down the wire. And Cornell has two out of conference games right here in this week. Marquette that we touched on already, and this Army game, which is huge. If they even want to have a chance at an at-large bid, I think, in my opinion, they need to win both of these games. If they lose the game against Army, sirens probably aren't blaring completely but they're on like the sirens are on that they probably need to win that aq just because of how poor the ivy league is and also harvard's 
RPI is terrible. So that loss is going to hit them really hard. And their out-of-conference schedule, I mean, their record, it's not the best resume in the world, just looking at it. So I think they know that. They bounce back after this win, and they're. I think they'll light it up against both Marquette and Army. I am going to go contrarian here, and I'm going to take the Black Knights. I'm going to take Army because, one, I never like a team playing a midweek game ahead of a huge game and their opponent having a full week to prepare. I We all think Cornell is going to take care of Marquette, but Marquette is by no means a crap team. That team is going to fight. And so I think Cornell is going to be a little bit weathered, but what you always talk about short rest, a short rest off a tough Harvard game, then it's going to be a short rest off a tough Marquette game. And, and this game is in West Point. I think all of those things point towards a Black Knight victory for the second straight year. And I looked back at the history, and it, I didn't realize it, but last year when Army beat Cornell 17-10, to 10, that senior class kind of fueled that huge, huge win against the Big Red. That was the first time these teams have played since 2012. So this series is just kind of getting rekindled, and it's a great, it's a great series in the state of New York. So I'm going to take Army. For all those reasons I said, and to kind of put the cherry on top, Black Knights are perfect 5-0 and at home this year. They do not lose at West Point. They have a great win against Rutgers at home. I think I think this is one Army gets, and I think to your point, Dryband, if Cornell loses this one, they're, they they got to be thinking, we got to get this AQ. Yeah, this is also Cornell. This is also going to be Cornell's third game in seven days. So yep. certainly not not the yeah. greatest recovery week for them. Um, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you if anyone could go either way in this matchup. Next up, we have a Patriot League matchup, first Patriot League matchup of the week. Uh, Colgate Raiders are taking on the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Uh, I said maybe two minutes ago that you know Colgate tough loss to Army, um, um, ten to nine this weekend. Uh, Lehigh got a little scary against Bucknell. Um, it, Bucknell was able to rally and tied it at eight, and then Lehigh just kind of said, "All right, we're going to turn this back on. We got to fin- we got to finish this game." Um, and they won eleven to eight. Um, I think this is a gettable game for Colgate, but they need to find a way to get more goals on the board. They only have three players with double-digit goals this season and four with double-digit points. Um, at this point in the season, the top, the thirtieth best guy is at is sitting at thirty-two goals um Colgate's leading scorer has maybe over 20 so it's not a good look for them they need to put on more goals but for Lehigh they need to figure out that third quarter um if you take out that Lafayette game they've only scored three goals in the last four in the last three games in the third quarter um so and or well if you take out the Lafayette game they've been outscored 13 to 3 in the third quarter um I'm going to take Lehigh because they're the safe pick but don't sleep on Colgate do not sleep on Colgate. Excellent point, Voight. Colgate beat Lehigh last year, 9-8 to eight in overtime. And grant you, that was their first win in their last seven tries against Lehigh. But Colgate is capable of beating them. Colgate clearly is capable of beating good teams. They beat Navy. And Navy beat an all-world caliber Loyola team, as we all know. I mean, they're a great Loyola team. That's oh. besides the point. I'm going to take Lehigh here. I do think they're better than Colgate. I think the Mountain Hawks kind of have their sights set on Patriot League tournament action. Yeah, I'm 
I'm taking Lehigh. I think they're clear cut the better team. I it might be a fight. I mean, Colgate did just give that huge scare to Army. So, but you know, Colgate's also one and seven. Probably isn't reflective of how good they are, but uh, I'm going to trust the team that has recorded seven wins versus the team that has recorded seven losses this year so far. That's usually pretty smart. Next up, we have that game I was talking about earlier with Denver, where kind of they're playing Towson, thinking that, oh, well, we just have to play St. John's. Well, yeah, this is that game. They're playing St. John's, and yeah, Denver's going to win. I am also going to take Denver. Yeah, I I don't hear much to it. I don't have anything to add. I got Denver as well. <laughs> Next up, here they are again. We've got our favorite team, the Hampton Pirates, traveling to Towson to play them in a CAA matchup. Once again, it is not Hampton's week. I almost thought it was because Inside Lacrosse did a little fluke on the website, and I had to text in our group chat and say, oh, my God, did Hampton win? Because Inside Lacrosse had them winning 14-8 over Monmouth, but that was a mistake, and it was the reverse score. Actually, in real life, Hampton, you're not getting a win this weekend either. Yeah, bad week to be an inside lacrosse intern. I think there were like three or four games where the scores were just wrong across all social media for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think Towson, you know, they they add another win to their uh, column here. Um, take down the Pirates. Towson will be happy to kind of stat pad their CAA resume, and they're just looking forward to that tournament where I think they're Hoping to make some noise. Yeah, Tigers. Next up, uh, we have Jacksonville and Lindenwood in another A-Sun matchup. Um, Jacksonville, we've stated it earlier again, Jacksonville needs to play catch-up in the A-Sun, and this is just another game for them to, you know, stat pad and, you know, get another win in the column. So I, I think the Dolphins take down the Lions here. Agreed. I think Jacksonville even though I don't know if they're a top 20 team, they're still a solid squad and they're head and shoulders above this Lindenwood team. Even if they're on the road, I'm picking the Dolphins. Yep. Dolphins for me. Nothing more to add there. All righty. Next up, we have a great matchup here between two Patriot League teams. Um, battle between, I think, uh, second and, yeah, second and fifth. In the Patriot League right now, Boston taking on Dry Bands, Loyola Greyhounds, or Blazers, Loyola Greyhounds. Apologies. <laughs> um, BU, they lead the series five to three um, and have won the last two matchups in the series. Um, but BU's on a two game losing streak and they're looking pretty vulnerable right now. Um, and in these next, uh, Next three games, they have to play top five Patriot League teams, um, Loyola, Lehigh, and Army. So it's going to be a tough test for them. Um, if you want that first seed, uh, if you're BU, you got to win out, I think. Um, Loyola, tough loss to Navy, as we've, we've kind of stated a bunch of times in this, in this episode. Um, Stout, Stout's look, Stout concerns me. I think he's in danger of losing his job a little bit. He was pulled in that Holy Cross. Or did he, I don't think he even played in the Holy Cross game. Mm-mm. Um, but he was pulled in the Navy game. Um, I trust BU much more here, though, um, than Loyola. If it were at Loyola, I would be more towards the Hounds because I think BU is kind of due. But 
the I think the uh, I think the cards on the table are kind of reading towards um, betting on BU here. I said in like week two, I would take Loyola every week and I have owned that promise and it has burned me in games like when they played Army. And we're getting to the point in the season where Glazer can't make stupid emotional picks. Don't <laughs> forget Duke too. Duke, yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take BU. I still might switch it because I, I, I think there is actual reasonable cause to take Loyola here because BU isn't all that. But Loyola has looked pretty bad. They played awful against Navy. And you let a short stick defensive midi take the tying shot. Like, I was going ballistic. This Probably Greyhound 17 team, yards out, too. This Greyhound team needs to do some soul-searching. They need this win. They have Georgetown left. Like, their season isn't over yet. But, man, are they playing some uninspired lacrosse. So, yeah, I got to take the Terriers at home. I think it's just the wise pick. I, it's honestly crazy that Loyola lost to Navy to me. That is, the, the things that they have been doing so poorly, they did well. That was the first game against Navy that they were over 50% at the X since their game against Lafayette in, like, February, I think. And they still look so bad. They still lost. I know. It's crazy. So, like, even when they're taking a step forward, it's like they take two steps back. I, You all know Loyola is a fraud to me. They're a decent <laughs> team, but we overhyped the hell out of them after their win against Maryland and Hopkins at the beginning of the year. Uh, I... I don't know where they're going to go from here. I also have Boston winning this game. Yeah. I might switch, but it's it's tough. It's tough. Next up, we have Mount St. Mary's going up to Connecticut to take on Sacred Heart. That's right. Every MAC team has two conference games a week in the home stretch. And I'm going to keep taking them out. I think this is a tough road trip, but clearly they've proven they can win on the road up in New York. Why Why not win up in Connecticut? So, yeah. Give me, give me the Mountaineers. I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. Mount's hungry, man. They're hungry. They can sniff that NCAA tournament bid. I think they are looking towards uh, avenging that early game against Manhattan. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, Mount keeps rolling here. I will also harp back to what I said in the last Mount matchup. I really don't think there's a single MAC team that I would take over them right now, and that does not end here i'm going to take them out also we've got a big east showdown next with 13th ranked villanova going on the road to providence a providence team that has caused some other squads some fits this year and i think they do cause villanova some fits as well however villanova is in desperation mode now after dropping to brown and now denver their rpi is now sinking and it's very clear that i Villanova is on the outside and looking in for a at-large bid if they don't win the Big East, and by no means can they drop this one. So, yeah, going to go with the Wildcats here. Yeah, Nova has to know that this game is huge and monumental in every way, shape, or form. I, if they lose this game, they have to get the AQ. Mm-hmm. Plain and, simple. and honestly, at this point right now, the only thing holding them up is a Penn State win. Everything else looks pretty bad for their AQ in terms of the teams they've beaten. So 
yeah, I've got to pick Nova just because of the fact that I think they have to go into this game hungry. It's certainly a get-right game for Nova, but yeah, they're going to have to earn it against Providence. Providence, they've had some moments this season, and we're kind of getting into the part of the season where teams are starting to spoil other team seasons. Um, And I think Providence is 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 a team that can absolutely do that. Um, But I don't think that moment is here just yet. I think they'll get that in the Big East tournament. Um, I think they'll take down probably a top-tier team um, in that tournament this year, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. I'm going to take Nova for now, but I could feel different later in the week. Next up, we have Quinnipiac going south to Lexington to take on VMI. And to be honest with you, taking VMI is very tempting here. It really is, especially after, you know, Mac midweek games and all kinds of crazy stuff and home field advantage and all of that. But I'm going to go with Quinnipiac. And I'm going to go because I think the stylistic nature of both teams does not match up well for the cadets. I think that Quinnipiac plays a much more kind of run and gun high scoring. And clearly, VMI can't really compete with that. VMI needs a lower scoring game. They need longer possessions. And I just don't think Quinnipiac gives it to them. So I'm going to take the Bobcats here. But I might look at this game closer and maybe I'll switch to VMI. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Quinnipiac is very vulnerable right now in the MAC. Um, a lot of their games have come down to one to one to two goals, um, and VMI is certainly hungry for a, a quality win to get in the MAC tournament, um, and it's a great opportunity for them. But yeah, I I, I said it um, earlier about Quinnipiac on Wednesday, uh, for their Wednesday game. I just don't know if this VMI team can handle a run uh, that the Bobcats can put together in the second half. So I'm going to go with Quinnipiac here. Yeah, unless VMI pulls off a Herculean effort against Wagner and makes me think completely different than what I have thought this entire season about them, I I am currently taking Quinnipiac and I'm going to stick with the Bobcats. So, yeah. Next up, we have an Ivy League showdown with 16th ranked Princeton going up to New Hampshire to take on the Dartmouth Big Green. This is an important matchup for Dartmouth and Princeton because that Dartmouth is one and two in the Ivy and Princeton is two and one. Really, with the couple games left in the Ivy, really everyone except Cornell is up in the air for the Ivy League tournament in terms of being able to make it or not. Cornell's probably at a lock with three conference wins already. But if Dartmouth wants to make a statement here and make the Ivy tournament, this is it. A home game against a Princeton team that just lost to Syracuse. The opportunity is there for the Big Green. However, it is precisely because Princeton just lost to Syracuse that I'm going to take them. I think that was kind of a smack in the face, uh, a kind of wake-up call late in the season as it is. And I do not think the Tigers – I think the Tigers look at Harvard and see the lesson in what happens and when you don't take Dartmouth seriously – and I do think Princeton takes Dartmouth seriously. And I think they get a win, but a close win up in the forest. Uh, this Dartmouth team looked really good after their 4-0 start. Uh, however, they've played five games since then. They're two and three in those five games. Their two wins are over Harvard, which was a great game. That OT win gave them the first Ivy League win. The other game was against Hampton. Uh, and in all three of their losses, 
they gave up over 21 goals. So their defense is a little bit Swiss cheese more often than not recently. And we all know that Princeton can light up a scoreboard if they want to, if that offense is clicking. So uh, there's no part of me that as cool as it would be to see Dartmouth get two Ivy League wins in a year, having their first Ivy League win since 2015, I don't see it happening against Princeton. So I'm taking the Tigers. Yeah, I don't got much to add. Um, I got Princeton, but I'm honestly hoping Big Green pulls it out here. I I love chaos lacrosse, and, you know, this would certainly shake up the standings, and then suddenly we're talking about Dartmouth possibly going to the Ivy League championship or semifinals. Um, I don't know how many teams make it. I think there's, I think, four Ivy League teams make it. Yep, it's only four. Yeah, so, you know, they're – let me check the standings real quick. Right now, they're sitting at uh, sixth, but, you know, Brown drops a game, Penn drops a game, Yale keeps stinking it up. They they could uh, sneak their way in there. Moving to our next matchup. This game is huge again. It is a, another matchup between our trio of ACC superstars this year. We have number three, Virginia, traveling to number two, Duke. And this game, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say both these teams are locks for AQs at this point, but this game still has so many implications tied to it. Um, I, right now, I'm actually going to go with Virginia. It is a big trend in these big ACC games actually with all of these teams, including Maryland and a couple of the other higher ranked teams, none of them seem to want to win at home. Virginia lost at home to Duke. Notre Dame lost at home to Virginia. Virginia lost at home to Maryland. Until Notre Dame beat Duke at home, it really was the away team kind of owning that matchup. And Oh my God, Virginia absolutely made North Carolina look like Tigers out on that field. And they didn't even have Schellenberger. I mean, that that game was over at halftime. It was 12-4. Uh, UVA shut the door, threw away the key, and they were just kind of playing with them in the second half, and they went up 19-9. I mean, this UNC team is a good team. Let's not forget that. It's not like they just pushed over some Dartmouth or like Holy Cross or something like that. This UNC team does the reverse of this on the regular to teams. So seeing the Virginia defense locks an offense like that down and just have their offense pummel without arguably the best player in the country on the field with them, it's kind of crazy. And honestly, the the main reason I'm taking Virginia is because it is damn hard real damn hard to beat a team twice in a season during the regular season. And I know we said that Duke has Virginia's number during the regular season. It is true. Even when they play twice. Yes, they do. They have their number, but I, I feel like there's a reason that Schellenberger knew he didn't have to play against North Carolina. He's resting up so he can be 110% for this Duke game because they know that this game matters a lot more. And I just, I don't know. Something's telling me that it's Virginia's time to get one back at Duke during the regular season, finally. So 
do we know if Schellenberger was like a healthy scratch, quote unquote, or something like, like it was actually a lower right? body injury? Yeah. It was if he's gotcha. out, then yes, I'll probably switch my pick to Duke. But if he's healthy and fully back for this, yes, I think Virginia's going to win this game. This is, for me, a game that has a lot of importance, but not as much importance because both teams are in and they know they're in. So, like, really, this is just a matter of do you want to be a two, a three, or, like, a four or a five seed? That's really it. Like, you're in the tournament and you're not going to play each other in the tournament until, like, the quarterfinals. So you have some time, but nonetheless, a really important game. I'm going to take Duke. And I'm going to take Duke only because Duke always beats Virginia. That's it. And I've like made the mistake. And I, my dad and I watched the Virginia and Duke game. And at halftime, when Duke was taking care of Virginia, I turned to him and I said, we're idiots. We knew that Duke wins this matchup. And we said, <laughs> no, no, Virginia's going to win. But now Duke's at home. And driving, you make a very, very, very valid point about good te- the better team or the home team actually losing in these types of matchups this year. And I would agree with you, but again, it's Duke and it's Virginia, and Duke just somehow wins. And so I'm going to go with that, and I'm going to leave it there. That's fair. Very fair. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, like the two, like, I believe UVA and Duke, the series is 18-2 to in favor of Duke. Um, those only, those two wins for UVA came in the ACC semifinal in 2010 and the NCAA tournament both at neutral sites um, at the time. So they've never beaten Duke at home, really. They've never beaten Duke in Durham. Um, Danowski just doesn't lose to UVA. That's plain and simple. Like, I'm, I just, I, I don't see a world, I, I, well, I'm not going to say that because there is definitely a world <laughs> UVA beats Duke in this game. Um, but Duke, is going, I think Duke is going to win this game, plain and simple, because of everything that Glazer just said. And Kenny freaking Brower has Connor Schellenberger's number right now. Um, like it, he only held him to three assists in the first game. Um, and we don't know if Schellenberger is going to be 100%. Um, so it's, and it's also the first game of his college career that he's missed. So, you know, I don't know what he's going to look like on Saturday. I just don't like having that kind of doubt in my head about UVA with their leading point points getter. So I'm going to go Duke here. Um, I think they keep this train rolling. I think, you know, the Notre Dame game stinks for them. But, you know, they haven't lost to UVA, and I don't think it's going to happen yet. That's very fair. I just, for the playing for seeding, I will say, if you're Virginia, Notre Dame, or Duke, wouldn't you rather play like a Cornell or a Penn State rather than having to play Notre Dame or Duke or Virginia again right before you have to play another team two days after that? That's fair. But I think at this point, mm-hmm. not to be too speculative, Notre Dame, Duke, and Virginia are going to be one, two, and three, and they won't see each other until like the second or third, or like the third or fourth game. So like, I well, think, yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. They're not playing until the semifinals if they do play. So, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about the tournament in a couple of weeks. But for now, the next game is Penn at a very, very surprising Harvard team. Jerry Byrne got his boys clicking, 
and got his boys with a top 10 win. It didn't get them into the top 20, but I've got him certainly receiving votes. And it's making you think twice about the Harvard Crimson and their ability to maybe upset some people in the Ivies. This week, though, they're taking on the Penn Quakers. And Penn, so it's in St. Cambridge, so Harvard has the edge at home. But Penn has won eight straight against the Crimson. Eight straight. You don't see that type of success in the parody of the Ivy League that often. And I do not think Penn's success against this team stops this week. Similar to Voight, I'm going to chalk up Harvard's win to just catching the Big Reds sleeping and not taking them seriously enough. Whereas with the Quakers, I think they played a very good Brown team and they lost a very good game. Penn plays teams closely. I think Harvard has been maybe shut out a little bit more this year. And I think Penn finds a ways to win. And I think Penn, more importantly, finds a way to stay relevant and finds a way to stay relevant in their tournament hopes. Because at this point, it's the AQ robust. So they got to get in the Ivy League tournament. And I think they see Harvard as just a next step in ensuring that that happens. Yeah, I, I'm taking Penn in this game, too. It's awesome that Harvard got that win over Cornell. It just like feels like such, I don't want to say a fluke, because they did it. They were talented, and they beat a really good Cornell team. It's not just a fluke to be able to do that, even if it's a one game. But I have real big hesitations thinking they can replicate that performance, especially when just two weeks ago, they lost to Dartmouth in OT. Uh, so, like, mm, it, it's really hard for me to think that they can get the back-to-back huge wins in the Ivy League. And lo and behold, on the other side of the script, another week goes by and another game where Penn is only a one-goal difference, whether they win or lose. And I honestly don't think this is going to be any different. Um Still, Penn's widest margin of victory this year is a two-goal win in their first game against Georgetown, and every other win they have has been one goal. So I think it'll be a close game. Uh, but I, I, I personally, I feel like Penn is actually going to win this by a couple of goals. I think it'll be like a 14 to 11 stat line at the end of the day. So I'm going to take the Quakers for the same reasons Glazer did. And yeah, they got to know that this is a must win for them. So I thought Penn's defense, you know, kind of went back to, you know, what we saw Penn's defense look like early in the season. Just guys bending the sticks over their heads, pointing at each other, um, showing glimpses of just bad communication and, and just bad body language against Brown and watching Harvard's offense. When they scored that first goal, it became an electric factory on the Crimson bench. Um, So I think as far as vibes go, I really like Harvard in this matchup. And I know you guys mentioned Dartmouth, but looking back on that loss, it was Harvard's third road game in seven days. So it's an understandable upset. Um, That's a lot of travel, a lot of games to play on the road in such a short amount of time. And some interesting stats. Harvard has a higher ranked scoring offense than Penn. Harvard is 24th right now. Penn is 45th. Um, Harvard's defense is also very solid. They have the 15th best man down defense and have the third least EMO attempts. So they don't commit too many penalties um, very often. 
Um, and their man-up offense is also ranked 13th in the nation. Um, and if you look at Penn and their man-down defense, they commit the third most penalties in the Ivy League um, with 33 penalties on the year. And that puts them middle of the pack in the NCAA. Um, their scoring margins are very close as well. Harvard's at 0.44, Penn's at negative 1.22. Um, so just off those stats and, you know, the vibes I get from both of these teams, I'm going to take Harvard here. I, I really like their offense. They're fun to watch. And that Cornell game was fun to, fun to watch as well. Um, Penn's defense, I just think they're inconsistent and they're easily bothered. And, you know, Harvard, they're sitting right there at the second spot in the Ivy League now. They can sniff that Ivy League bid. So I think this is, uh, this is the game where they make their claim. So I'm going to go with the Crimson here. I really like them in this game. Bold choice, Floyd, but I respect it. Next, we've got our, I think this is the first A-10 matchup of the weekend. We've got the Hobart Statesman traveling to St. Joe's and... Oh, God, I almost had a freaking heart attack because I have been praising him for two weeks. Shane Ryan, the newly crowned starter for St. Joe's. <laughs> of course, he had to get hurt right away against Monmouth, and he went out. And just when St. Uh, Joe's might have thought they had some stability at goalie, it seemed like it might have been pulled right out under them. But Glazer's boy, Scott McMillan, came in, and he put on a – superhero performance in that game against Monmouth. The man had an 85% day. That's wild. 11 saves, two goals allowed against a solid Monmouth side. He then went out and he was 50% against the Bonnies, so he continued that performance. I'm hopeful that he can keep doing that. And like I said, St. Joe's with a solid goalie in the back, that is a top 10 team in my mind. And I'm hoping they keep this project like this trajectory, I think they can win the A-10, and I think they can do some damage in the tournament come May. So I don't see them losing this game against Hobart. I'm taking St. Joe's. Yeah, I got Hawk Hill here too. They're they're just the better team. Hobart's been up and down all season. Um, don't count out the Statesman to play spoiler, but I'm not too confident in, in it as much as I am with like Harvard. Um, and the uh, – oh, gosh, who was the other team I said? I forget already. But um, I, I just don't have that much confidence in the Statesman. I like Hawk Hill, and I like Hawk Hill a lot more at Hawk Hill. So taking, taking Hawk Hill here. Say Hawk Hill again. Next week. <laughs> All right, next up we have another Patriot League matchup. Bucknell is taking on Holy Cross, Holy Cross – haven't gotten their first win just yet. Bucknell um, kind of starting to gain some steam. They kind of realize where they're at in the Patriot League standings, and I think they need some quality wins. Um, so I think they take I think they take uh, this win against Holy Cross here. Um, uh, just Connor Davis, he's a difference maker for them. I think he puts up a lot of points. Yeah, gonna take Bucknell. Holy Cross kind of looking ahead. They have UMass Lowell on April 18th. That's their opportunity. This this is not. This is a Bucknell win. Yes, I will also be taking Bucknell. Holy Cross is bad. Next up, we have Siena 
on the road to Manhattan in another iteration of one of those higher echelon Mac games. Sienna, I think, has the harder maybe midweek game, although Manhattan is certainly going to have their hands full with LIU. I think you probably have four of the four of the top four MAC teams all playing each other this week, which makes it certainly exciting ahead of tournament time. But I'm going to take Manhattan again here. Just again, same thing as always for the MAC home team. Think of it a little bit better. Sienna's going to have a tough midweek game. All of those things point me in the direction of a Jasper's win. Yeah, the last two matchups in this series were decided by one goal, so I think it's going to be a close game um, be, because I also think Manhattan is just a very beatable team. Um, but I'm going to stick with the Jaspers here. If, you know, Sienna somehow impresses me on Wednesday, I could switch over, but for now I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Jaspers. Yeah, Manhattan still at the top of this conference with Mount St. Mary's. I like them at home against Sienna. Alrighty, next up we have Mercer taking on number 19, Utah. Um, yeah, Utah, wouldn't be surprised to see them put up another 20-piece. I think that's exactly what I said about their early game this week. Yeah, I, I agree, Voight. I think this game could have, honestly, a very similar scoreline to the Utah-Robert Morris game. Mercer's offense can put points on the board if they want to but I don't think they're going to get enough to beat Utah. Mercer is not getting on a plane and flying across the country to Utah, landing and beating the Utes at home. Don't see it happening. I think Utah keeps the train chugging along. We've got another A-10 matchup next. We've got St. Bonaventure traveling to UMass Minutemen, who are our panic team for this week after their loss to Richmond. I think they were all in our top 20 or at least fringe top 20 UMass and mm. they are well out of it now. Yeah. I don't think any of us even considered them after their loss to Richmond. Uh, yeah. This team, the one thing that had going for them was their defense and it crumbled again. If it's not consistent, then this is not a good team or like a team that's going to do anything postseason. That being said, they're not going to lose the same Bonaventure. Bonnies have looked very bad this year. So I got the UMass at home in this game. Yeah, a great, great opportunity for UMass to build off a great week of practice and have a pretty comfortable game to look ahead for their final couple games of the season in the A-10 tournament. Yeah, the Minutemen are going to beat the Bonnies at home here. Yeah, um, I got UMass as well, um, but I'm not completely counting them out for the Atlantic 10. Um, they played a tough Richmond team, a game that could have gone either way. But yeah, this is certainly a bounce back game against St. Bonaventure. Next up, we have our 17th-ranked Brown Bears team going from Rhode Island to New Haven to take on the Yale Bulldogs, who have not been weak for ranked for some time for us. This is a huge game, and this is a huge game that doesn't seem like a huge game because of Ivy League tournament implications. Let's face it, neither one of these teams has a shot at an AQ at this point. Brown is 5-5. Five and five. Yale is five and four. Yale is two and two in the Ivies. Brown is one and two. That is what matters. The one and two and two and two is what matters. Getting the edge here, getting to 500 in Ivy or for Yale, three and two is huge. These teams are kind of similar in that they like to score a lot. 
but I do like the Brown defense a little bit more. I was incredibly confident, incredibly confident that Brown would be Penn at home, and they did in a manner in which I thought. And so I, I really like where this Brown team is at, and I think if they keep it going, they really have the biggest threat to dethrone Cornell and win the Ivy League tournament. And because of that, I think they take care of the Yale team. Yale, a little bit sketchy, a little bit sketchy at defense is an understatement, right? This team lets in a lot of goals, and Brown has meshed well since their guys have come back. So I like the McLean brothers here. I like Thero and goal. I just like what I have from the Bears a little bit more than I like from the Bulldogs, and I'm going to go with them here. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, like, it just Yale's defense, they just concern me. I don't have a whole lot of trust in them. Um, and certainly both teams have had a lot of unsettled situations this year. So I like that, but I like Brown to win that battle um, because of the McLean brothers and just how much freedom they get on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the goalie play has been great too. And also an underrated, you know, thing for Brown that has kind of flew under the radar. Um, their FOGO is 15th in the country in faceoff percentage. Um, Yale, I'm pretty sure is in like the bottom half of that uh, category. So big advantage for Brown in this game. Um, I got I got the Brown Bears as well. Um, just don't trust Yale too much. I think uh, the faceoff is a big advantage for them. I this game going to be good. Every single Ivy League game is good this year. Uh, I'm going to take the Bulldogs, and I I don't know if you guys have actually seen this stat or looked at it yet, but. In Ivy League league games so far this year, the home team has won like 80% of the time, regardless of matchup. Including? That's done with at home against Harvard and Harvard at home against Cornell also. So there's some huge upsets that can happen if the home team has home field advantage. Literally the only time the home team has lost is when Cornell, I think, beat – no, hold on. No, Cornell didn't beat anybody yet. At home, I think there was, I think, actually, I don't even know who lost at home. Oh, yeah, no, Cornell beat Brown at home. That's the, I think that might be the game that was different. Didn't Penn beat Princeton on the road, or is that at Penn? I don't think they've played each other yet, have they? No, Penn beat Princeton 9-8. to That's right. That was, yeah, that was really early. Penn beat Princeton. That wasn't at Princeton, though. So that's another yeah, that was that time. You're right. That was home. Yeah, you might have a very good point. So uh, you're right. You're just feeding me into this. I, I do take it back. Harvard lost to Brown at home. No, wait, mm-hmm. that was at Brown. Okay, I can't even find a game where the home team lost. And I'm looking at all these teams. And you might have a very, very, very good point. <laughs> but, like, I, that's what I mean. Like, it, it's almost impossible. The home team has a distinct, clear, very big advantage. And especially in just the past two weeks, looking at specifically at Penn, Brown, and Yale, because these guys have done a little merry-go-round playing each other the last two weeks. All three of these games have been one-goal games. Brown-Penn was one goal. Penn-Yale was one goal. I expect this game to be a one-goal game. And so far, the home teams are 2-0 and in those games with Brown winning and Penn winning. I... I feel like this, since it's Yale's turn to be at home, they're coming off two big wins against Boston and Dartmouth. And 
Oh, Yale lost to Cornell at home. There you go. That's the one Ivy League game. That, oh, you know, the one game that I actually was there for? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so that is the game. So I, I don't think that – and, yes, it's just like every other team. Yale knows how big this game is. I think they just have to go out there and win. They Their offense looks like it's clicking again. They haven't scored less than 16 in their last three games. Like, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a shootout, this matchup. It's going to be a great game. I think the Bulldogs win at home. All righty, now that we figured all that out, <laughs> um, we have uh, a very underwhelming matchup, I believe, I think. Detroit Mercy taking on Air Force. Um, don't got much to say. I like Air Force in this matchup. Um, Detroit has kind of upset me and disappointed me this season they've been underwhelming um and i thought they would be a little bit more decent but they're they've they've been disappointing this year yeah this is a get right game for air force after their loss to bellarmine yes air force 100 percent. all righty next up we have ohio state traveling into baltimore um i've been talking to um I've been talking to some buddies uh, of mine in Baltimore City. We might go to this game, but we're still unsure about it um, right now. But it's uh, it's an it's an intriguing matchup. Um, um, at OSU, we all know what happened there on Friday night. Um, and Hopkins, they had a tough game against uh, Penn State that went into double OT. Um, but the but the Buckeyes have had the Jays' number in recent years. They've won the last four matchups in the series. Um, I think with two games left in the season, OSU wants this game just a little bit more after that screw job in Columbus on Friday night. Um, and the Jays, uh, I I can see them coming in this game a little cocky, like, oh, we're going to take down this OSU team. But OSU's defense, they've, they've been getting better and better with each game since the middle of the season. Um, I really like how they're playing. And the parity in the Big Ten, um, just you think one game's going to go one way, and then it suddenly turn, turns around and goes the other. So I think the Buckeyes get a huge win on the road here against Hopkins. I'm going to go with Hopkins. And I'm going to go with Hopkins, like, definitively. I'm not saying Ohio State can win. It's the Big Ten. Anything can happen. We had all overtime games. Like, this league has been incredible this year. But mm -hmm. Hopkins has shown me from their Big Ten schedule alone, they're the freaking real deal this year. And I know we ragged on Hopkins all last year, and we still do a little bit this year. But the Jays went into a tough Ann Arbor situation, took care of Michigan in a brutal game, took care of a good Rutgers team at home, and now took Penn State in a hostile primetime night environment game to double overtime. Hopkins could very easily be saying to themselves, we could be 3-0 in the Big Ten. Ohio State has been nothing but concerns for me. I think that Maryland game, they just were fortunate in many ways. So I just don't like what I see from, from, from Coach Meyer's squad. All I know is no matter what gloves the Buckeyes are wearing, they will 100% be the same color. And yeah, doesn't matter. I think Hopkins wins. The uh, the kicker for me this game, I'm taking Hopkins. The main reason for that is 
think Hopkins bounces back after that Penn State loss. But more importantly, I think we touched on it last week, Ohio State at home is a different team than Ohio State away, and they're phenomenal. They are definitely a top 20 team for me when they're at home. But it's the fact that when they're on the road, they turn into sub 50 for something. It's like some reason. I don't know if it's just they have like homesickness, but this is only their fourth away game. And in their previous three that they played, they let up 16, 17, and 17. And their highest scoring was 12. And in the other two games, they scored nine and three. So uh, it's not looking great when they're on the road. And I don't think that record's going to change against Hopkins, especially because Homewood is a very harsh environment to go into and try to win on the road. So because of that, I'm going to take Hopkins in this game. Next up, we have Marist taking on LIU. Another second Mac game of the week. Right now, I have Marist. And I have Marist because Marist proved to me that they can win a tough game on the road by beating Manhattan. This is going to be a tough week for Marist because it'll be two away games, whereas LIU only has Manhattan midweek. But I think that kind of LIU gets kind of beaten up by the Jaspers and are, it's kind of primed for their Foxes to, to kind of get them. I might switch it to LIU, be totally dependent upon how the midweek games go. So for now, I'm going to take Marist, but this is one where I'm going to definitely have to reevaluate after Wednesday. Yeah, I'm, uh, again, I got LIU here. I just don't like how Marist has been playing in the last few games. Um, I said it, I said it in the, about the Mount game this weekend. They look like they're running in sand. They just look real slow. Um, their conditioning isn't great. And LIU can run up and down the field um, and play uh, unsettled ball pretty well. So I like the Sharks here to gain some steam and shake up the max standings and uh, go 2-0 and this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm also taking LIU, but for a different reason than both of you. So far, they've played six conference games in the MAC, four at home, two away, and guess what? All four at home, they've won, and both away, they lost. So that is why I think they'll lose to Manhattan on the road, and they'll beat Marist at home. It's just something about home for the Sharks. And then next up, we've got number 20, Delaware, traveling to Stony Brook in a huge top of the CAA standings matchup. Stony Brook coming off that loss, like we said, against Drexel this past weekend in OT. Uh, Delaware is just still tearing it up against every single team in the CAA so far. Um, they're 4-0. Them and Drexel are both 4-0 at the top. Stony Brook's trying to take them down, get tied to second if Drexel loses at some point. It's a it's a huge game, this matchup. Um, I... I'm taking Delaware, though. I think Delaware is going to be able to pull this one out. I think their defense is great. Their CAA just, I mean, they know that this is their conference. And last year it was so, there was so much parity with everybody either being three and two or two and three. This year, Delaware knows that it's there for the taking for them. And they've shown it so far getting out to this hot start at 4-0. 
I don't think they're going to let Stony Brook slow them down. It's Stony Brook's first year in the conference. They haven't seen Delaware. Uh, I, I like the Blue Hens to come and make a statement and say, hey, you guys might be new, but this is still our conference. Boyd, I know I'm up next, but I want to hear what you have to say first. So, yeah, this is the first versus third in the CAA. Um, but just the more I look at this game um, and the more research I did today, I was just like, you know what? It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if Stony Brook came in and um, came in and surprised Delaware. Delaware, the last three games uh, in the CAA, they've played the bottom like half of the CAA conference, Fairfield, Hampton, and, and a hurt Hofstra team. Um, so they haven't really played any of like the top four, top five teams in the conference. Um, Stony Brook, that game against Drexel was awesome. They can put up a lot of goals um, and they can play run and gun. And Delaware is kind of on the opposite side for me. They like to play a more controlled type of offense. And I think if they get them, I think if they, uh, the Seawolves get the, get the Blue Hens running a little bit, I think the Stony, Brooks have the Stony Brook has the edge here. They have a really good home record this season. Um, and I just think the, the Blue Hens are due for a wake-up call. I loved everything you said, and I agree with all of it. I am also going to take Stony Brook here. I'm going to take Stony Brook additionally because for some reason, the Seawolves have the Blue Hens number. Stony Brook is 7-2 and two against Delaware all time. They've beaten Delaware... Mm-hmm. The last, what, six years or six times? I'm granted it's going back a long time. But it's the first the time they've Bro- they played since like 2012, but they, exactly, they own exactly. that series. But when I see such a long win streak, there's something there. And yeah, I think Stony Brook kind of levels the playing field a little bit in the CAA and makes the fight for the one seed that much more interesting. Fair enough. Well, we've got it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Well, yeah, it's going to be a great game. I agree. Uh, next up, we have an America East matchup, and we've got NJIT traveling to Albany. This one is pretty clear-cut for me. I like the Great Danes at home. They did a great job against whoever they played this past weekend. I can't even remember, but it was – was it UMBC? No, not UMBC. They played UMBC right before that, and they beat them. Um Bryant, they got smacked in the first half, yeah, but they actually made it respectable and came back in the second half by all, like, they dominated the second half against Bryant. Um, NJIT, they've had glimpses of greatness this year. Not greatness. They've had glimpses of good. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to win against Albany, though. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, don't, I don't see NJIT winning this game. I got the Great Danes here. Yeah, Scotty Morris is going to walk home with another victory in his career. Yeah. All right. We've got a big old CAA matchup. Another Middle of the pack. This is for mm-hmm. trying to make it into the tournament pretty much. Because um, is it four teams? Four teams, right, for the CAA or is it six? I don't know anymore with the new construction. It might be it, four. It might be six now that they expanded. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I want to say. I'll do a quick Google maybe. search. Maybe. Well, either way, yes, this is dead middle of the pack. Both of these teams are one and three in conference play right now, and they're desperate for a win. They, I mean, they need a win to keep 
relevant in this conference race. Uh, Fairfield, they're on a three-game losing streak, but they haven't played terrible in every game. They got kind of smacked by Delaware, but they play well at home. They play every single game they've played at home, they've played tight. They're one and three at home, but in all of those games, their biggest margin of losing was against Binghamton, and that was five. So Binghamton's a solid side, and they were within two against Bryant, who we all know I'm very high on Bryant. I like that team a lot. So that's impressive to me. And, I mean, this Fairfield team's young, but I think they've got a lot of talent, like I think I've said before. And I think this is one game where they're going to take it in the CAA. and They're going to beat Monmouth at home and get to two wins in conference. It's a really interesting game in the CAA, and I love the kind of bottom barrel playoff implications because these are these teams' lives on the line. These are these seniors' lives on the line, their careers on the line, just fighting for another game. So really interesting in that respect. I'm going to take Fairfield, and I think Drive-In, you put it well. These teams both have similar records and similar win-losses, but if you look closely, Fairfield's played teams a lot better than Monmouth has. Fairfield has been in a lot more games than Monmouth, and I think that experience despite losing to Delaware pretty bad, leads them to a win, a home win against a Monmouth team who's got a pretty decent road trip ahead of them. Yeah, so it is four teams in the CAA okay. will make it this year. So definitely um, winner of this game keeps themselves in contention for sure. For that um, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I got Fairfield as well. Um, I think they have a pretty good home record at, from what I believe. Um, and this is, It's the first time these teams have played each other um, ever, which is kind of surprising um, to me. Um, for now, I like the Stags um, because they've played closer games to similar opponents, but I could see this game going either way, honestly. Next up. We have a Big East matchup with number 10, Georgetown, taking on Marquette. I've said it earlier, I do not like teams playing a midweek game while their opponents have a week to prepare. Georgetown just continues to win. Doesn't matter how it looks, they just continue to win. And I think they keep that win streak going, and I think they crack the top 10, and I think they you know, are looking a lot better in the Big East. So going to take the Hoyas here. Yeah, I got the Hoyas as well. Um, same reasons. You know, that's a, it's a tough. This is a tough stretch for Marquette, and it's very unfortunate. But I, I think they'll bounce back in the Big East tournament, and make some noise. Yeah, I'm also taking Georgetown. I love how they look as a team right now during their win streak. Next up, we have, uh, I believe this is our last. Yeah, this is our last Patriot League matchup of the weekend. Uh, Lafayette's taking on Navy. Um, Navy didn't play great, which is why I'm going to pick them. Um, Lafayette, they're, they can turn it on at some points, but then again, they they can turn it off as well. So um, I, I like Navy with momentum here, but you know, don't sleep on Lafayette. We know what kind of Navy team Navy can be in the early parts of the season, um, but they certainly they certainly haven't showed any any uh any holes lately yeah if this was two weeks ago i probably would definitely think about picking lafayette and might even do it uh 
but the last two weeks, I mean, Navy's on a three and zero win streak right now after that zero and six just terrible skid they had. Um, they look like a, a much better team, so I like them at home. Yeah, Lafayette could pull this one out, but I think commentator Evan Washburn put it really well, uh, commentating the Navy and Loyola game this past week. Navy has found a way to win ugly. They found a way to win with great defense and just enough offense to just figure out a way to beat teams. And I think if Navy can beat Loyola, they certainly can beat Lafayette at home and maybe keep their chances alive for a Patriot League shocker. Moving on to an America East matchup. This is top dogs fighting it out. We've got Binghamton traveling to UMBC for what should be probably number two and three in this conference. Um, not sorry, this was probably going to be like three and four after Bryant and Vermont. This is this might be a preview of the conference uh, playoffs. It's going to be a great game. Uh, Binghamton was kind of stifled by Vermont over the weekend, but they came back right at the end and kind of made it interesting. Um, I, I'm going to take Binghamton in this matchup on the road at UMBC. I, UMBC has been shaky for me and especially that loss to Albany. I don't know kind of where that came from. I, their offense is terribly inconsistent. I, it, makes me struggle to pick them when Binghamton's offense is very consistent. Um, and I mean, they haven't, like I said, they've only scored less than, well, they've scored less than 10 only twice now. And the second time was this game against Vermont. So I, I, they're going to put points up on the board. And because of that, I, I like the Bobcats and or Binghamton. What, the hell, what is their thing? Bearcats. Or the Bearcats. Bearcats. I like the Bearcats in this game because of that. I think the Bearcats are a great pick here. I am in no way, I regret nothing in taking them last week against Vermont. I think they had a very good shot in that game, and I was pleased with the score line and so on, so be it. I'm going to take UMBC here, and I'm going to take UMBC because I feel like it's a common theme for me this week. UMBC is 6-0 and at home. Undefeated, 2-2 two and two on the road. Sorry. One and three on the road, six and zero at home. This is a different UMBC team in Catonsville, different defense in Catonsville, and I think this defense locks down the Bearcats. And UMBC makes a case to kind of get back to America East championship contention. Yeah, I have UMBC as well, but I have UMBC. I would say for now, um, just because I I've gone through the ringer of you know all those factors that you guys just said Binghamton you know they got a great record they can play well against uh these American East teams but UMBC they're a different team when they're at home um you know they may have some underwhelming games on the road but you know when they play at home they protect that field um so for now I'm going to go with UMBC just for that but I could very well feel differently later in the week All right, moving on to another America East matchup. And this time it is number one versus number two. We've got number 18, Bryant traveling to Vermont in what this game is going to determine who's number one seed and who's number two seed in the conference to me. Um, I've got Bryant in this game. They've looked phenomenal. 
we all picked them to be our fun team this week. Um, they absolutely crushed Albany in that first half of their game this past weekend. Their offense, again, just, I mean, they put up 15 in the first half. Like, they ended the game. Albany did come back and make it look very respectable at the end. But, I mean, Bryant just shut the door real quick. And I, I don't see their offense getting slowed down by anybody. So I'm going to pick them in this battle of America East heavyweights. Yeah, I have Brian as well. Um, and I think this is certainly a preview of the American East Championship game. So we're getting kind of spoiled this week with uh, some of the uh, top tier matchups in conference play. Um, but for now, I really like Brian. I really like the way they're playing. Vermont, they've been playing great too lately. Um, but they they had to kind of figure some things out um, after guys came back from injuries earlier in the season. Um, so, but I think Bryant, they're just a complete team right now if you're um, considering American East teams and they're certainly the best of the bunch right now. So I'm going to go with the Bulldogs here. I'm also going to take Bryant, but watch out for the Bulldogs because unlike most teams, they have four games left. They have Vermont, mm-hmm. Binghamton, Brown, and Merrimack. They have a long way to go before the end of their season. So this is kind of a big matchup ahead of a couple more big matchups for the Bulldogs. But yeah, that offense, it's a fun team to watch, as we're saying. There's a reason we're highlighting it, and I think they're just better than Vermont flat out, away, home, anywhere. Next up, we've got a really fun ACC matchup between the two teams that are kind of the outlier. Well, not kind of. They are the outlier in this conference. Number 14, Syracuse is playing number 12, North Carolina, at a neutral site in Olney, I think, right? Is that what we said? Yes. Oh, yeah. They're playing a a good council, high school. There you go. So this is going to be a great game. Uh, I have the Cues taking this game in what might be a bit of a shocker, but they impressed me and solidified my fact that they are – a top 20 if not almost top 10 team this year and they just have the displeasure of being in the ACC and they get shafted in every single conference game just because of the class that they have to play uh but I think this team I think they're pulling it together I mean they're they're four and one in their last five their only loss was to Notre Dame at home and that game could very easily have gone a very different way if that huge momentum play where uh Entman basically had control and it wasn't called a goal even though the ball was in the goal but he had possession if that was they called differently on the field who knows how that game would have gone because that would have put Syracuse up two I think at the time and do I still think Notre Dame would have won that game yes but the scoreline would have been different and this Q's team might have had some different momentum and might be looked differently than how they should really be but all five of their losses are against real quality teams that are all inside of our top six, minus North Carolina, who I think they're going to avenge that loss this week and get the win. Syracuse knows this is their only sole way of even trying to get a look into the tournament. And I know North Carolina knows that too. They, they cannot lose this game either. Um, but I think it's definitely a bigger must win for Syracuse than North Carolina. So because of that, I think this Q's team 
they've matured throughout this season because of how young they are. Spalina's playing out of his mind. I mean, the guy had dropped nine points against Princeton on the weekend. Uh, it's going to be a great ACC matchup. I, I picked Syracuse to beat Maryland earlier this year just because I, I do think this Cuse team is good. Like, this is a good ball club. And I, I think this is the week that they finally get a marquee win over another top-tier program. I might join you, Dryband. I really might. It's very tempting to say, take Syracuse for everything that you've said. I I just can't do it. I think as much better as UVA is than North Carolina, I think North Carolina is enough better than Syracuse to get this done. I don't love Syracuse playing outside. Granted, they just beat Princeton on the road outside, so clearly they're capable. But when I think of Syracuse Orange Lacrosse success, I think of it in a dome. Carolina's used to playing outside, and I think it's very interesting that this game's at a neutral site in Maryland. Going to take the Tar Heels. I think this game means a little bit more to them, and I think they have the pride a little bit more of saying we're more experienced. We have no business being the bottom of the barrel of the ACC. Syracuse, that's reserved for you. But Syracuse is a fine and dandy dark horse pick here, and I might even switch to it. Yeah, I had Syracuse, not Syracuse. I had UNC earlier in the day, but then I switched over to Syracuse uh, because of that win over Princeton. And just I like how they're playing. I like how their offense is playing. Will Mark, he continues to play um, exceptional goalie play. Their defense uh, has some holes, but they're starting to come together a little bit. Um, UNC is kind of the opposite for me. Their defense has been playing solid, but I don't see too much production coming out on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so certainly the game is going to be won between UNC's offense and Syracuse's defense, because we all know that it's going to be a battle on the other side of the field with Syracuse's offense and that tough UNC defense. Um, but for now, I'm going to give the edge to Syracuse. I think they, they play on the run very well. They can clear the ball very well, and they can go down and score very easily. Man-up offense, one of the best in the country, if not the best man-up offense in the country. They can certainly rattle your cage a little bit. I mean, Princeton had, what, five, six penalties in the first quarter or the, or the first half on Saturday. So I, I really like how Syracuse is playing. I think they got momentum, and you know they're looking to boost their resume as much as they can before the end of the season. Yeah, and Glazer mentioned it. He slipped it in there just to make sure it's clear. Syracuse is our dark horse pick for this week as well. So yes. not too crazy of a dark horse as they're only ranked two apart, but because of how lacking Syracuse has been in the ACC the past couple of years, we thought it'd be pretty good to say that just because of it's kind of like a Dartmouth situation. Not as bad as that, nowhere near as bad as that, but Syracuse, I feel like, hasn't really done well or had an ACC quality win in a while now. So. There, there is statistical dark horse for sure. Yeah. Um, Dra DraftKings will have them as underdogs on, on Saturday. Moving on to our last Saturday game, we've got our last A-10 game of the weekend, and that is High Point traveling to Richmond. Uh, Richmond played great against UMass, and they did a very good job scoring the second most on UMass's defense in the year so far. The only other team that's done that is Yale. And 
it's it's impressive that they scored 13. I know 13 isn't like an insanely outstanding number, but they found note out and he had his worst game of the year by like far. So props off to that Richmond offense and this high point offense as explosive as they can be, they've been held in check pretty recently. And their only game that they actually scored over 10 in was this past one against Hobart this last weekend. Their last three games before that, they scored under 10 in every single game. So because of that little bit of weakness I see in their offense, I think Richmond's going to win at home in this A-10 matchup. Yeah, I got the Spiders as well. I I honestly don't really have too much to add other than, you know, just, again, high points defense, not too great. Richmond's offense starting to come together a little bit. Also, I'll say it for the last time tonight, Richmond, another one of those teams, 5-0 and at home. I'm not going against that. I'm going to take the Spiders, and I think they go 6-0 at home. All right. First game of the Sunday slate, only three games on Sunday this week, and I am really excited about this first game. Bellarmine taking on Cleveland State at Cleveland State. I really love the Vikings in this matchup. I I almost took them against Mercer. They have a I, – I wouldn't say they have a complete team, but they play as a unit. They play together, and they're just fun to watch, in my opinion. Um, let me bring up some stats here. Um, you know, they they are four and five, two and three in the conference, but they're starting to gain steam. Like they only lost to Jacksonville by two goals. They only lost to Air Force by three goals. Um, I believe they were tied at one point. Um, and then Air Force just kind of, you know, put up three more to like, um, to like take the game at that point. Um, I really like how Cleveland State's playing. Um, they, you know, they d- did drop that Robert Morris game, but I think they take down Queens and they take down a sleeping Bellarmine team on Sunday. Very fair. Uh, Cleveland State is definitely no team to look over for Bellarmine at all. But I also think vice versa. I think this Bellarmine team, like I touched on, they're eight and three. This team is solid. And they, this entire team, everybody who's not a freshman is used to being maybe like 33% win percentage as a team at best during their career at Bellarmine so far. So I think this team knows that what they have is special for the Bellarmine program and I also don't think they're going to overlook any game because of that, because they know what it is to be in a tough situation. They know what it means to count every single game as maybe that one win you'll get that year. And I think they're going to go to this Cleveland State game and know like, hey, guys, like we're getting in the crunch time of the season. We can make a run in this conference tournament like they have every right to try to do that. And that's why I think they'll go to Cleveland State. They're going to get a win, go 2-0 on the week and you know, get up there and be like three seed in this eight or like try to contend for three seed in this a mm-hmm. Boy, I love the Cleveland State pick. I love them at home. I think they're an incredible pick and maybe even a dark horse like Syracuse. But I'm going to go with Bellarmine. I think that they're just, they're at the point of the season where they're trying to learn how to win on the road, learn how to win in tough situations in preparation for the A-Sun tournament. And I think that this Cleveland State game presents them a great opportunity to capitalize on that. I think it's very close, very maybe well could be an OT game. 
Maybe I'll even switch to Cleveland State, but I, I just got to go with Bellarmine for now. I, I'm more confident in them. This is the one A-Sun matchup that I'm most excited for this week, mm-hmm. um, and I can't wait for Sunday. The other two games to round out Sunday make it a pretty damn good slate overall. There are two Big Ten games, and the first one on the docket for us is number four Penn State traveling to number 15 Michigan. And Michigan is such a weird team for me right now because I, I don't think I've ever felt this way. I, Michigan is one in three in their last four games, but they have skyrocketed on all three of our polls. I don't think I've ever seen a team be statistically, technically, in a losing situation, but their stock is rising so fast. Um, and I, I think we all can say that it's because of how they've played and the way that they play. This is only going to be their fifth game at home. They've played six games away so far, only four at home, and their last home win was against Canisius in February. And this Penn State team, I mean, after their last two wins against Ohio State and Hopkins, uh, I just, this team knows how to get it done in every way, whether they just demolish a team and put them out right away. But that win against Hopkins, that impressed the hell out of me, even though I didn't pick them, seeing them come back from 5-0 down. And like, they were getting completely dominated in every facet of the game for the first quarter and a half. It wasn't until eight minutes in the second quarter that they actually turned it on and just kind of acted. They were a different team after that. They loosened up a little bit at the end, which let Hopkins come back in to get sent it to overtime. But that's a really gritty, impressive win for me. I Big 10, every single game counts. I know we all know that. Both these teams know that. I don't think Penn State's going to let this one slip through their fingers. I think they really want to get and clinch a top three seed in this conference. And beating Michigan is just one more step in that direction. So I think they're going to beat Wolverines on the road. This is an awesome game. This is awesome. I'm so excited for this one, especially with just all the Big Ten drama we saw this past weekend. I think this weekend produces maybe a replication of that national television greatness. I'm going to go and take Big Blue. I have been so impressed by Michigan's fight this year and just their ascendancy into the laughingstock of this league into real contender. Penn State has won the prior two games against Michigan in their past two matchups, but both of them have been in overtime. So Michigan has clearly taken the Nittany Lions to the stretch. Michigan beating Maryland, staying with Hopkins, staying with Rutgers, coming back in that game. Yeah, Michigan's around 500, but this is a very, very high caliber team. Clear reason why they're still in our top 20. I'm going to go with Michigan here at home. I just, I, I think it creates more parity, more excitement in the Big Ten. And I think they make a case for five Big Ten teams to make the tournament. I love that pick. And I might join you later in the week. But for now, I'm going to go with Penn State. Um, this is going to be a fantastic game. It 
it's probably going to go into overtime, maybe multiple overtimes, depending on what kind of game we see. Um, and, you know, Michigan props to them. They, they've been battling all year. They've been battling um, Big Ten teams, um, complete 180 from the performance that they had last year. Um, but for now, I'm going to take uh, Penn State for now. Uh, they they're just playing great ball, and they got some momentum. And I think they I don't think they want to drop a Big Ten game this year. Other than well, they did drop the Maryland game, but other than that, I don't think they're going to drop another. Alrighty, our last game of the week. Uh, God, I feel like this has been like a looming dark cloud hovering over my head this whole episode. Um, we have Maryland taking on Rutgers in Jersey, a top 10 matchup. Um, for now, I have Maryland, but I will say I'm not liking what I see from the Terps lately. I don't like their vibe. Um, Owen Murphy playing hurt is, is just uh, downright dangerous for me. Like the kid is limping on the field on man up. Um, so I, I would just, you know, would like to see him just sit out the rest of the year, maybe the big 10, maybe come back for the big 10 tournament. Um, because they'll certainly need him then. Um, for now I got the Terps, but I could definitely see Rutgers winning this game. Oh, this game. I right now I have Maryland. Um, I might be switching it, and I forgot about this until just looking at it. Rutgers is one and three on the road, but they are seven and zero oh at home right now. Yeah, uh, that is impressive, and that. That is, I mean, that is really drastic. <laughs> That's almost Ohio State drastic in that sense. Almost two different teams. Um, this this team, this is a good Rutgers team. I I was down on them when they lost Ohio State. I, I wasn't as high on them as I had been prior to that. Um, this is still a solid, solid squad, and. Think right now, oh God, it it is hard. I mean, Ohio State had every right to win that game against Maryland. I don't know how they fumbled the bag and they lost against them. Props to Maryland for digging it out. Uh, but I just, oh boy, it's a real tough choice. It's a really hard decision. This is going to be a great game, and I think right now, going into it, I'm going to take the Scarlet Knights at home, and then I might change it up day of, but. Looking this far out, I, I feel confident that they can pull off the upset and make this Big Ten even just that much more topsy-turvy. I'm in the same boat as Voight. I have Maryland now, but I'm very inclined to take Rutgers for all the reasons that Draban just said. I'm going to stick with Maryland for the week and maybe change it on Sunday because I think Rutgers in many ways is Maryland. They're a team with a lot of expectations that has been that have been a little bit iffy here and there. That's all I have to say. This this game I think speaks for itself in terms of its magnitude, in terms of its awesomeness. Two Final Four teams from last year trying to get Big Ten preeminence. Like I said, gonna take Maryland, 
it might take Rutgers. I don't know. I I switched my pick to Rutgers on the on the dock. You know what? So I'm going Give me with the that. Scarlet Knights. Let's might as well. <laughs> I, it's I, I don't. We didn't mention it, but it's also huge that Rutgers got back Brian Cameron too. I mean, he makes yeah. their offense a different animal having that lefty shooter on that side. That, that went under the radar. I didn't even know he was like away I. from the team. I just heard. I didn't know that. Um, but then again, I haven't watched too many Rutgers games other than highlights. So it wouldn't make right. sense. But dude, all time bad vibes from Maryland. It's just after that glove gate thing, they're kind of America's enemy. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I can't back that right it's now. Tough, the timing of that call just and the way Tillman went about the postgame interview, possibly is, not shaking hands with Coach Myers. The, the way ahead. Tillman handled it after the final whistle blew, I think that's the only reason it's gotten this bad. If he had just like yeah. kind of said, yeah, I called it out. I mean, I'm trying to win a game. Like, okay, respect. Like, I mean, it's a rule. So go ahead. Like, if you're a coach, you want your team to win no matter what respect but the way he was just so wishy-washy about it and was like nah Mm -hmm. i wasn't the one that called it out the ref was the guy he's the bad man not me like dude bro come on (laughs) own up to it don't like point fingers is it like be be a man about it don't just yeah own up to it like you you knew he knew exactly what he was doing yeah he knew exactly what he was doing um but that does it um, for us here. Uh, I know it's a long, long slate, the largest slate I think we have of games. So uh, anything else, gents? Make sure your gloves are the same color. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, a big weekend. Saturday is a full slate. But thank you all for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. And may the picks be ever in your favor.